and claps. <laughs> Yahoo! Welcome, welcome, welcome to ADHD Explorers. You've made a great choice today joining us on this podcast. Today, well, we, who are we? We are ADHD Explorers. <laughs> we kind of are a bunch of ADHDers that make helpful content for adult ADHDers that is still fun because we need it for the attention span. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. today we have the <laughs> very lovely and very surprisingly productive Jazzy. And I really want to know more about her secrets. Yahoo! So, she, you, you've been making <laughs> apps. You are uh, so young to be making apps, first of all. She's an eight, you're an ADHD as well. And then you're a musician and you've made podcasts as well. You just make me feel lazy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, so today I, I really want to explore. Go on. Oh, sorry, the lag. Sorry, there was a lag. It's okay. I was just saying, I think that's part of having ADHD is that you want to pick up so many different projects at once and then run with them and we get excited about everything. And we yeah. want our fingers to be in different pies and then, you know, we get excited about everything. And I think, yeah, that's part of it. Just keeping the motivation up, I think, is the, the real key. Mm, that's possible. Mm-hmm. So what's <laughs> like- uh, your story... How did you get diagnosed and when? And <laughs> what was that process like? So it was actually a really <laughs> ironic story because obviously I'd spent two years building an app that helps people become more focused and relaxed, and <laughs> um, which is so ironic. And I remember kind of like looking up all of the, you know, the key reasons why people can't focus. And then I kept getting messages from people that were using the app being like, I have ADHD and this is changing my life. And I was like, hmm. Interesting, this really is working for this one particular group. No. And obviously, I was <laughs> as an ADHD person that, uh, you know, as an ADHD person for people that have ADHD, but I completely didn't realize. So then I looked up kind of like the key symptoms and I was like, oh my God, this has been me my oh. whole life. And I just thought, you know, I could never deal with time. I was scatty, you know, thousand ideas at once, super creative, but also, you know, our brain is just going a thousand miles per hour. Um, mm-hmm. And I got diagnosed and I kind of um, sat with the psychiatrist and he said, so what do you do as a day job? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm building an app to help people focus. And he just burst out laughing. He goes, well, good news. You've got ADHD. So go out, change the world and go and try and help people like yourself. No <laughs> yeah, cool. So I run it. And it was like, yeah. So you started so making an app before mm. you knew you had ADHD. No way. Yeah. So how did you know yeah. that what made you want to make your app that helps people focus so it, it kind of initially started um completely differently so my background was in health tech so i was working with like um the uk parliament on their longevity initiatives so how to help people live longer i was working mm. with the nhs as well so how you can kind of implement uh, ai artificial intelligence into the national healthcare system and how like everything i was doing was to do with like health basically Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the research was showing that we need to be looking at a preventative model of healthcare. And from mm-hmm. witnessing, like, you know, how at the moment we've got so many people burning out, so many people suffering from depression and anxiety. And I kind of thought to myself a few years ago, there must be a better way to do this than just catching people in a net once they've already got to that stage. So I kind of set it as my life's mission to try and create as many preventative tools as possible. 
Um, and I think <laughs> I've written music, Ben, like you, as a, as a musician. Like, I've written music since I was 11 and really young, like picked up a little piano. And I was like, oh, my God, time is literally stopping when I do this. Again, it's that hyper-focus. Um, and that's the place where we're all happiest. And Addy, it sounds like for you, that's when you're kind of playing um, underwater hockey, which is so cool. <laughs> I have to tell you about that, or maybe she has, uh, which is amazing. But we each have those kind of things that we, that we love. And for me, it was music. And then I started researching in lockdown, like, wow, not only is there music, but we can also be using our sense of smell, breathing, exercise, our diet, like all these crazy things to shift how we feel. So it wasn't actually just for focus. It was all about how we can use our senses to help us mm. feel better, whether that's wow. focus, whether that's positive, whether that's feeling more creative or relaxed. Um, and it's been amazing because, again, I, I don't like how so many tools out there are gate-kept. Like, they're gate-kept, they're expensive, they're, unaccept- they're inaccessible. So the big thing about mm-hmm. this is making it free, like, for charities and for the NHS, and we're already giving it to mm. all of them for absolutely nothing. Uh, and then I want it to be like, you know, super cheap, like the quarter of a price of a cup of coffee every month. So basically anyone can kind of have it. And if they can't, they can have it for free. Because I think we need to be teaching these tools to everyone, especially mm. those that are neurodiverse in a world that's not built for people that are neurodiverse. Because again, we're made to feel like we're stupid. We're made to feel like we don't fit in. We're made to feel like mm-hmm. we're scatty, you know, constantly. And actually we're the ones that see problems differently and we create solutions differently. And there's a reason mm. why some of the biggest change makers on earth historically, you know, are neurodiverse because they think in such an amazing way. So I, I do think mm. it can be such a massive power for so many people. Yeah. Wow. So did you have a background in healthcare then? Or did, were you more on the tech side within healthcare? Uh, more on the tech, yeah, more on the tech side. But I yeah. haven't built it myself. I did all the kind of like designing and the content, but I have not built it. That would just be another job I couldn't could do on top of everything else wow. so you're not a programmer but you're pretty close <laughs> in my journey of understanding adhd and how it helps so much to connect to the senses that took me mm. so long to figure out that like mm-hmm. who knew that connecting to the body helps you focus right connecting to the senses yeah and like and fucking breathing plugging into that live stream of sensations <laughs> or whatever you want to call it how did you figure that out like you said you were looking into the research or something it was kind of yeah i think this was over years and years of observation and i think as a society we need to get better at observing generally i think we now operate so quickly that we are not (coughs) observing our thoughts we're not observing what works for us we're not observing what doesn't work for us we get up we check our phone we rush through our day we're we're in a toxic productivity culture and I think mm. from just taking that time, I think lockdown was great and COVID was in a way a great opportunity just to take a step back and go, hmm, what is actually helping? What, you know, what have I seen that's helped me? And Ben, I know you spoke before about how meditation is really powerful and just becoming more present. Uh, that is so uh, underrated and mindfulness is a massive part of being productive because I know it sounds counterintuitive, but the act of slowing down is actually what helps us to move faster. Because we cannot be moving fast the entire time. And I think what's happened is as we work with technology, you know, we're, we're at our desk or on our computers all the time on our phones, we try and keep up with them. And it's the biggest mm. mistake as humans. We've almost become machines, but we don't, we're not machines ourselves. We're human beings. And we need to be more human beings, not human doings. And that's a massive kind mm. of issue that we're, they're facing. 
Um, so yeah, I think Ben, in answer to your question, it's just through observation and slowing down and observing this is what's helping for me. And, and again, the research was just showing that this is helping for so many other people as well. That's mm. so great. Like That's every, cool. there's it's this pattern I've seen that in in ADHD is there's either a guilt cycle where you're like, oh, look at what I'm doing. It's oh, and then you get that negative feedback, and you're like, oh, I'm doing bad. And then you feel bad and you feel depressed. And I've been in that guilt cycle. I think I half the time live in it anyway. But um, the other <laughs> side of that, you know, because negative feedback hurts, right? But then there's that positive feedback mm -hmm. cycle. If you can increase the amount of things that gives you a, a conscious update of how you're doing, your state, you, you know, <laughs> anything that gives you valuable information to update what you're doing and how you're doing, like journaling, for example it really almost helps us synchronize and calibrate to our life. And I've just become obsessed with that at the moment. It's like constant feedback. Like, <laughs> how can I increase the mm -hmm. amount of good information that's coming to me? Um, yeah, I've got an example, but I don't want to rant on too much. But um, like when I'm playing music <laughs> at the moment, I'm experimenting and then looking at the audience for their, their immediate reaction. In the morning, I wake up and I weigh myself, and then I'm like, "Oh, I see how I've done," and and that simplifies it a lot for me. So that's amazing that you had this time during COVID to kind of step back and recalibrate to yourself. And I think actually recalibration is such a good keyword for us because yeah. we need that. Mm. Um, yeah. One thing I really <laughs> wanted to ask you: if how do you manage your time because a long-term project i think as adhd is, is one of the hardest things we can do like writing a book for example mm -hmm. you've got such a long time to pay off like if you make one post you get you can post it you get immediate feedback straight away and that is so yummy to us right we want we want it it's an addiction yeah. but when you're doing a long-term project like a app that takes two years to develop how do yeah. you stay consistent with that please share your secrets a good question. <laughs> it has been my biggest challenge. Like, it has been my biggest mm. challenge. The key benefits of ADHD are the fact that, you know, most most people, like, in a day I would do stuff, like, I'd work with the developers, I'd design, I'd do branding. I'd, I'm doing five or six different jobs in a day. And for an ADHD, that's great because we're getting quick loads of dopamine hits because we're like, cool, I'm doing, I'm stimulated throughout the day. But the mm. hardest thing has been not seeing that immediate feedback not seeing that immediate mm -hmm. benefit and even more when you're building a piece of technology that is so hard because it was only until i saw testimonials from actual real people that i actually was like okay i've got to keep going because there have been so many times where i nearly gave up being like this is mm. so difficult i was burning out like again ironically right you're building an app to, to help people feel better but the very act of doing it raising investment working day and night to get something off the ground that's absolutely huge and bigger than yourself takes so much energy so inevitably mm. you do burn out even though on a daily basis i'm trying to do everything that i know works you know meditation and all this kind of stuff you do fall into that cycle of feeling massively demotivated because you can't see people's eyes light up you can't see them getting happier you can't see them on that journey so I had to get into the process of actually reading these testimonials from people and only then I kind of was seeing amazing emails like, you know, how people, it's changed their life, it's helped them with anxiety, depression, uh, some nurses and doctors that have been using it and they've been writing about how it's helped them between surgeries and that, I remember having mm. a moment where I was about to give up because I was like, this is so difficult, I don't know if I've got the experience to take this to where it needs to get to. 
And I remember reading this and going, no, do you know what? Actually, I sat there and just burst into tears. And like, whoa, this is actually helping people. And I had like, like different reviews. You're like, ah, okay, I've got to keep going because there's a bigger picture. There's a vision here. And I think that's as ADHD is we need to have a bigger picture vision. And people yeah, always say, we're not good big picture thinkers, right? Yeah, exactly. We're, um, what is the word? We're like out of the box thinkers, but it'll yeah. be like, this one specific thing over here um well, we did funny enough for my sports team we we divided our team into four different like types of people and one of those like north south east and west and one of those is being a north is very like and everyone who was in the north group i was like could have adhd basically and we're just like in the moment hidden like do the thing straight away basically and then there was the east group which was look at the big picture and we're not the best at that. So it's having yeah. someone to remind us to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. how do you remember <laughs> your vision? Sorry. I think, I think it's kind of like writing it down somewhere, having it, that you can having something you can actually tangibly see and you mm. honestly have to remind yourself every every day and i'm going to share something honestly that's helped me so much in the past few months um a friend of mine actually um recommended something that was just so powerful so again this is the big picture vision stuff that you get into the habit of doing and honestly i think you guys should try it and just let me know how it works for the next week (laughs) on monday you write down four different categories you write your yearly goals just short maybe like top five things top three things yearly goals your monthly goals your weekly goals and then your daily goals so what you're doing your whole week, you're making sure, am I aligned with what I want to achieve this year? And then this mm. month, and then this week, and then today. And then you're kind of actually like synthesizing your daily activities based on what you want to get out at the end of that day. And it's so powerful mm-hmm. because suddenly it's like, ah, oh, getting my head hyper-focused on that one thing is not going to get me to my week or my month or my yearly goal. And suddenly that changes everything. And it forces you to get into that habit, Addy, as you said, of like, there's the big picture, there's the vision. So you get into that every week. You're getting into that. I'd, I'd highly recommend mm. that. It really helps. Yeah, we actually, I spoke to um, Maria Stavros, who we did a previous episode with, on her productivity suggestions. And that is part of it is yeah. it's that figuring out what your main goals are, what your values are, and then aligning your week with that. And like you said, like breaking yeah. it down, being like, okay, is my day-to-day tasks at least some part of it working towards that, right? Yeah, So exactly. I just really want to get this in my dumb brain, okay? <laughs> I mean, my beautiful brain, no self-criticism allowed. Um, so <laughs> you, you write down, you said you write down four things, and the first one is mm-hmm. the overall vision, your North Star, right? The, the things you want to get out of yeah. life, the things that if you died, you'd be sad that you didn't do. And then what comes next? <laughs> your yearly goals? Is, so is that what you your, you can do. You can do your, like, you can do it that way. I, I usually do, like, your year, your month, your week, yeah. your day. All on one yeah. kind of, like, double spread age. And then, oh. yeah. All of the goals. Hmm. So that's how you For start out year. your week. Do you bullet yeah. journal? No, I don't know. <laughs> what? No, but what do you use as your like planning system? Yeah, I actually have it on my desk. Show I actually us. have it on my desk. So basically, it has, it has like um, 
obviously anyone that's listening can't see it, but it has like a to-do list and it has like a to-do list for the day, a timetable and then notes and then today's objective and just putting <gasps> your objective for the day is amazing. Like, that's, oh, that's the one thing, like one thing. Yeah, one thing of the day because often we get like, oh, I want to do everything and everything looks amazing and I want to do this and this and this and we're just distracted and that's just one thing. And it's almost like, again, Ben, it's like, what's the one thing you can do to get to your daily goal, your weekly goal, your monthly goal, your yearly goal? Because there will be something that will just help you get that big quantum leap further and not just tiny Mm. little leaps. I think that was an absolute key gem that I want to say forever. You you asking yourself that question, what what is the one thing you can do to achieve your goal? Because then it puts your brain in that mindset. You're looking for the little secrets that will help you move forward. And often there's some accelerators, some things that will make it easier. God, that's so good. Oh, just, I want it over and over again in my head, <laughs> like a ringtone. What is, what was it again? What is the one thing that will help me? What is today's me? objective? What is today's objective? Yeah, your goal, yeah. Yeah, what, what is the one thing yeah. that will help me so get you, to my goal? So you, at the start of your week, yeah, so at the start of your week, you do your breakdown, your four yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, and then each day you'll take a, a full page and put up your objective at the top yeah, and then just work yeah. through your to-dos exactly. for that day. It's not that easy, and I don't want to say like it is that easy because, of course, it's it also... You miss yeah. days. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have and shit days. Yeah, exactly. All the time I have like, <laughs> shit days. Like, that's just yeah. human. I don't want to say this is like a kind of key thing because again I think a huge part of this is just being really authentic and be like we're only human and when you do have ADHD often you can get sidetracked and you get excited by lots of different things and I think also a massive thing is turning off notifications we get so Mm. excited by notifications oh there's an email oh there's a whatsapp and again we like to feel like we're important that's just typical like every human wants to know you know oh someone wants me someone needs me but actually just put it time block and just say, right, I've got this one thing and I always put everything on my calendar because, again, I always find it difficult to... I'm always late for everything and I try so <laughs> hard not to be. So, again, putting everything in your calendar, it's like I've got two hours or half an hour to just get this one thing done and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is getting into that special, like, one, half an hour or whatever. Do you yeah, do that's that why thing? I schedule these for 90 minutes even though we're supposed to yeah. record for an hour. <laughs> do you do that thing when you're with a friend or someone or you're on a phone let's say and then an event comes up that you have to put in your calendar do you think do the thing where you pause and you put it in right away and you're like, i need to do this straight away <laughs> because i have to do that else yeah. it's gone forever i have to do that yeah, yeah. it's like a 100%. calendar pause i also really like the idea of um like we have to give a name for these days where you, we call them shit days but you know days when we are just drained like maybe we haven't slept well and we don't want to do anything. Do you have, do you know what I mean by that? And I always felt really bad for those. hundred percent. But the more like, <laughs> the more like ADHDers who know how to be productive that I've talked to, um, the people I really look up to, the more they've said stuff like, yeah, I have them too. I just am nice to myself that day. And then I start mm-hmm. doing stuff the next day or a few days later i think that's so good yeah i call them potato days (laughs) potato days because i'm just a potato oh my gosh yeah i Um, have a i have a beanie that says potato because potato is life i love that 
<laughs> Jazzy, um, talking about potatoes, you don't want to burn potatoes. How yeah. do you avoid <laughs> burnout? <laughs> Lol. What a, what a, what a transfer. What a transfer. <laughs> Segway, yeah. Well, like, yeah, I think burnout is such an right. interesting thing. Because we're always, like, I really, I have this drive that I want to do really well. You know, I, I want to work hard. But then when you push yourself too hard, you get burnt out. So how do you, how do you strike that balance? I think it's something that I'm, like, constantly trying to do every month. And it takes so much constant um, conscious awareness. Again, it comes down to the awareness. And again, there's something else I've done, which is a really good tool. And it's really helped. So every month, at the beginning of the month, I'll kind of, like, assess where... This sounds kind of crazy, but it makes it actually works. You assess where everything's at, so you kind of will put a number by things. Your friendships, your family, your health, mm. your career, your chill time, like your chill time. Um, what else is there? Purpose. And you can basically put whatever you want in there, and then you put a number by each one. Or it could be a number, it could be a drawing, it could be any illustration of where you're at in that particular mm -hmm. space. And then you can go, oh, wow, this whole month, I've literally, like, my friendships are on a two, but my career's on an eight, and my family's on an eight, but I've completely neglected, like, my friends and my health. And then suddenly, mm. and it's really easy for us to do that, because we go through our, our, like I said, busy, busy, going full speed ahead, and then you're like, oh, wait, I've literally neglected this whole part. I, I've not been sleeping. I've not been eating well. And it's yeah. so cool because Sleep you suddenly get, to... <laughs> Yeah, and then you suddenly go, ah, there's that big kind of zone. And then the next month you kind of check in, you go, oh, yeah, actually, I've done a better job. It's more balanced. And it's all about finding balance. And I think that's what, what it is, like, it's all about. And again, it's that balance of making sure you're not neglecting yourself. And then in those downtimes, really having downtime. I think we're so um subject to burnout as adhd is right we're so subject to it because we want to go a thousand miles per hour we want to go to every party we want to go out late we want to wake up early we want to get the most out of every day and that's what's so mm -hmm. wonderful about that's why most of my closest friends have got adhd because they're the most fun people to be around like <laughs> they're so much fun but then also we <laughs> out with, and again like the brightest candle burns out the quickest because it's using mm -hmm. the, the most wax right so yeah that's what my mum always used to say you're burning the candle fun. at both ends yeah exactly so it's kind of about like ben as you said if you feel like fatigued and tired just stop and say no and just say you're not going to see people that day and protect your your energy yeah we did so, a whole episode a couple of months ago on boundaries and i yeah, think we need to remember that one and be like what? no i have no yeah. time i have no energy yeah it's like it hand. <laughs> so to avoid burnout you are you calibrate to your needs by writing out that list of areas of your life, mm. family, friendships, career, purpose, mm. rating them out of 10, which enables you to recalibrate to your attention to where it should be and where it would balance it out. And then you're also, you've mm. got great awareness of the inner sensations in your body so you can feel when something isn't right or when you are tired and stressed. Because I think we get so immersed in the activity that I ignore, like sometimes I find myself needing yeah. to pee really big all of a sudden because I've ignored all the, <laughs> the subtle notifications. Do you know what I mean? Or I forgot to eat because I ignored the, <laughs> the subtle notifications of the sensations. Yeah. That should be a rhyme, a rap. 
Um, <laughs> so that's great. You know how to avoid burnout. What a skill. I love that recalibration yeah. that you do. You do that a lot, like once a month? Like yeah. I'm just saying, tell me your secrets, all of them. Once a month or or whenever. <clears throat> like it could be whenever you feel you need it. Because sometimes, again, sometimes you can be like, oh, I'm feeling so burnt out. I'm feeling, again, it's like, it's like a feeling. You feel like you just don't have the energy. You feel like you just don't want to get out of bed. Like we've all been there. We've all been there. I've 100% been there on this journey of like, I'm <clears> doing this. I've 100% been there, right? And you do, then you go, okay, something's off, something's off. I'm not, I'm not right in, in anything. Uh, and another really, really cool thing I discovered, and I, I hope I'm not overwhelming, but I'm wanting to share stuff so people can pick and choose yeah, what, they like, what they learn from. But when mm-hmm. I was doing the research, like the, long, the longevity research on how people live the longest, so again, in Japan and the Mediterranean, there's parts of the world where they're called blue zones because they have the longest life expectancy in the world. And when mm. we look at the three correlating factors of what helps them be, you know, the healthiest, happiest nations, they had three things in common. That was lifestyle, mm-hmm. purpose, and connections. They had connections, three of those three yeah. things. So quality connections. You need your mm-hmm. community. Family, you friends, you all of that, yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah, because it's funny because we always look at those places and we're like, what's the Mediterranean diet and how can we exactly replicate it? But then yeah. we have this whole pandemic of loneliness happening in North America. Yeah. And then we're like, but we eat like them. What's, go- what's wrong? And then like, yeah, yeah you've got to have all those factors. That's cool. It was community, lifestyle. So by lifestyle, it means a relaxed lifestyle, I assume, right? And purpose. Um, like Addie said, wow. diet. Balanced. Balance, yeah. Yeah. Diet, sleep. I'd love to do a episode of nature on like finding your purpose because I think that is something that's very easy to struggle with, you know, and it's an art form, you know, exploring the options. Have you spoken about Ikigai on the podcast? We did a bit of Ikigai for a while. Um, we haven't done it on this podcast, but I did talk about it for a while. We were doing, I was doing interviews with people who felt like they had found their Ikigai. And that was really interesting because, yeah, like that overlap of what you love, what you can get paid for, what the world needs, and what's the fourth one? <laughs> what you what you are good at? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. like what the, mm. when those four overlap, that is your ikigai. Yeah. Essentially, your purpose. I think I'd but, love yeah. to just be a gardener. So Sometimes. I would love to know. I'd like Gardner, yeah. I'd love to know like uh how music plays a role in your life at the moment and uh yeah, how that affects your well being and what what is music to you right now in this point in your life? I love that. Yeah, so um always it's kind of been like self healing. So at the time mm-hmm. when I've been through like any trauma, any pain, any difficulty, the first thing I would do is pick up a guitar go somewhere on my own and just write about it. And it was, I did that from a really young age, from an age of like, like I said, like from 11, I would literally go, that would be my self-soothing. And it was, literally, I didn't even, no one in my family plays music, but my sister learned guitar for a week. And I remember it, that was it, she gave up. And I just found the guitar and I was like, hmm, and I picked it up and I was straight away like, it's that feeling of, okay, I feel release. And you feel like release mm. and you kind of like, process your thoughts in the most incredible way and i think there's so much about music that is incredibly healing 
everyone's got a song that reminds them of a time that they felt happiest and it takes them to their happy place or everyone's got something that, you know, transports them. And it's all about, you know, coming to that place where nothing else exists. You are just in that fully present place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the, the power, uh, the power of it all. And I think we're only just scratching the surface. Um, and again, I've got friends that are doing some really interesting work. Um, they're professors. Uh, there's a guy called um, Nigel Osborne in um, Edinburgh University, and he's doing some amazing research with binaural beats. Um, so, you know, you have two different frequencies in either ear. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys use them, but again, the, the concept of binaural beats, um, and you put like, let's say 104 hertz in one ear and 100 hertz in the other, that creates a four hertz resonance in the brain when you listen to it, mm. and it shifts your brain into like a different state. So it could be deep relaxation, it could be um, gamma, so gamma frequency is for memory, uh, beta frequency is for alertness, theta is for daydreaming, and like delta would be for sleep. Um, and it's incredible mm-hmm. because, again, if you use that, if you start using that, and I've actually written music for the past two years that has that subliminally under the music, so you do feel better. You feel more focused. You feel more relaxed oh. when you listen to the music. So I've actually built, using uh, research and working with UCL, which is, again, a university in London, um, and one of my best mates, um, the two of us, and he's also got ADHD, um, the two of us actually created music that has binaural frequencies underneath. And then we wrote music on top and combined it with nature scapes. So that kind of combination oh. is the magic triangle we've found. So we've had people that say they've got like an, like two weeks worth of work done in two hours and stuff like that because you get into this deep state of hyper-focus just from using music. So that's mm. what I'm really excited about is there's so many cool things that we can be doing with frequencies, with nature, with all these different sounds, brown noise, you know, all this amazing stuff to help you shift how you're thinking and there's so much mm-hmm. science behind it and it's it's really yeah. cool so that's what i'm most excited about because i think there's a big there's a big area of how we can use music to help people heal as well wow yeah that's awesome do you have your music out on like spotify or other platforms for people to listen to i have yeah i've got my personal music out there um it's just jazzy j-a-z-i-e and then the the app that we've got out there you can listen to like the focus tracks it's all free um, and you can just mm-hmm. download it on the App Store uh, under the Zensory. And, yeah, you can just... The, the, the Zensory? The Zensory, yeah. Z-E-N-S-O-R-Y. Nice. Yeah, Zen and Sensory. Um, yeah, and you can yeah. kind of listen to it 25 minutes, ideally. And, that, and again, after 25 minutes, our brain starts to wander. So, ideally, you break your tasks into smaller bite-sized chunks, which helps massively as well. Mm-hmm. Chunking. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's pretty amazing that you spent two years making an app and then you're like like sending it out to everyone to help them. I really like that it's it's very pure and wholesome. That you're because you you've seen the value yourself. Yeah. Right? So you want other people yeah. to have that. That which is so lovely. So how that's I was gonna ask you how you recommend people use binaural beats and use these sounds in their everyday life and you explained it really well you know whack it on do 25 minute chunk so you do the work at the same time as the music's on or you do the activity yeah Yeah. okay wow and it's amazing what you were saying about music sorry oh no i was gonna say the the other thing is actually you can use music as well to get into your zone so like pre-work so i like to break up into like pre 
during and post. So it's mm. kind of like, again, it's so important that we get into rituals. We all have our rituals, whether we know it or not, whether it's lighting a candle before you work, whether it's getting the lighting right, whether it's, you know, whatever it could be. We all have our own little hacks to help us focus. And it's, again, it's like, what I like to do is get people to listen to the music for three minutes or breathe, again, do box breathing. So you in for four, hold for four, out for four and hold for four and just repeat that again mm -hmm. to regulate the nervous system. So again, you calm down all of your, um, yeah, your nervous system ultimately. And again, with the amygdala, the amygdala is our fight or flight center in the brain. So when that's active, your prefrontal cortex here shuts down. That's your memory, that's your processing, that's your clear thinking. And what we want to mm -hmm. do is, again, try and calm people down so they can think clearly. Their amygdala kind of like goes back to normal. And we're not in that hyper, you know, aroused. Hyper aroused, like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fight, flight, fawn, or flee. No, that's it. Freeze. Yeah. Fight, flight, yeah. fawn, freeze. That's it. There's yeah. four of them now that they've realized. Wow. Um, and a lot of the time, my, my counselor was saying this, that uh, a lot of ADHDers go into fawn mode. So that's that people-pleasing mode of like, um, it's okay, I'll do it. And what happens then, what we do, is we end up overcommitting ourselves because we're in this hyper-aroused state. So we just default to, okay, I'll do it, right? Wow. <laughs> so we need to make decisions when we're in that calm state. <laughs> I love what you're saying because I've been looking, I'm doing a course actually on, on healing trauma at the moment and those deep emotional mm. things which flick you into that high, that state of hyper arousal where you, your, your prefrontal cortex switches off with that hyper aroused part of your nervous system. And I love what you're saying because um, of what it, it fits completely in with um, polyvagal theory you know, about how there's these different states of mind in your nervous system. And if you're not in that calm, open state, it's, I just, I find myself just frozen up completely. Mm. And so it's great that you found, and you're helping people find mm -hmm. how to bring yeah. that <laughs> arousal state down to feel safe again, to feel calm again. And that's how we focus. Like who knew? No one said this to me before. Oh, by the oh. way, to focus, you just need to be in less of an intense emotional state. Yeah, yeah we can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. One, one thing but it I all really... makes sense, right? Because, like, how it's all connected. And our prefrontal cortex is where our executive function system is. Executive yeah. function is focus, working memory, all the things that we struggle with. So, yeah, being in that. Mm. like yeah. calm state and so that's why i think when we were talking about this before uh we got on about emotions and how people don't understand how we're so emotional and it's like yeah. we are not taught as children and people it's also a really under appreciated and under understood part of adhd is that emotional overwhelm yeah. part and how much then that affects yeah. everything else it does completely and we've all been there. And then it's like once you're in that state of emotional overwhelm, you then snap at people, you're less tolerant, and everything else crumbles. And I think that's the thing. As we transition from, like, ADHD children to adults, we have all this responsibility, and we have to then pay rent. We have to kind of sort out all of the logistics of things. You have to go and be far more independent on the world and have a job and hold down a career and hold down friendships. And there's so much we have to balance as ADHD adults 
but no one teaches us how to. And then now, thankfully, we're in an era where we can, you know, research things and look things up. But until now, we've never had that. So again, mm-hmm. it's, it's really difficult. And like, yeah, Addy and I were saying that before. That again, we get into that highly emotional state, and it's so difficult to get out of it. We get there's like everything's on top of us. And then people that are neuro, like atypical, they're like, "Why are you overreacting?" It's like you don't understand. <laughs> It's like, imagine in school, if teachers, when they saw ADHD as daydreaming, instead of saying, oh, just focus, imagine if they were like, oh, let's uh, give you a calm environment, let's make you feel loved and part of a community, and let's help you learn how to regulate your nervous system. Mm. There you go. I wish I knew that so much earlier. Gosh, my love alone. This is this is the secrets of life right here. Yeah, it's like why am I getting these tools now in my thirties? I love in it. In my thirties I am learning this. We're doing it. Yeah. Um one thing I'm desperate to know about <laughs> Jazzy is you were talking about to avoid burnout, you, you take time to connect with um music so you're paying attention to your ears and that sense input. But I was, I really want to know, like, mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm trying to avoid burnout, I just have a lazy day, but I've just, sometimes I just scroll on my phone and there's different activities mm-hmm. that are actually more rejuvenating, like what you've been making mm-hmm. in your app, for example. But what, what do you do or what would you recommend for people to genuinely rejuvenate and do things that's actually helpful to bring back the energy level? So again, this this is actually from personal experience recently. I think we're so in our heads. We are so in our heads. It's so important to get into our body, whether that's through like going out and just dancing or being silly, going out in nature and going for long walks or cycling or swimming. All of that is so fundamental because we get back into our bodies. And I think, mm-hmm. again, this is why breathing is so powerful. And I do a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm doing a lot of research at the moment about- uh, Keeps us alive. Because again, pressure points, touching pressure points, or again, the stuff that we don't have to think about where we come back into the body, where we're moving, where we're shaking, where we're just, you know, again, shaking releases uh, trauma from the body, or all this kind of stuff. But going on long walks where we're just observing and we're not thinking, but we're trying to just observe the sunlight through the leaves, the sound of, you know, our feet crunching against the leaves at the moment because it's autumn, and all of this wonderful mm-hmm. stuff, we're out of our heads. And a key thing I'm also practicing is when I go for walks with other people, I say, can we just be quiet just for 10 minutes? Because again, we always fill the awkward gaps of silence. And it's like, Mm -hmm. let's just be quiet. Let's just just practice being in that silence so that our brain can just calm down because we are so used to filling every second with like an engaging short video on TikTok or like quick fixes. And, you know, every second is filled with something engaging and entertaining. And a key piece of research that I've been looking at as well for years is creativity research. And this is something, again, that sparked my fascination in this whole space. Um, And mind wandering. We aren't letting our minds wander anymore. Mm. We don't let ourselves be bored. So when we're bored, we're scrolling through social media, but that's not boredom. We're still being stimulated. We're still viewing content. We're still engaging. So it's kind of about how you can help people induce that mind-wandering state. So on the app, I've also created interactive touchpads. So you can kind of see this immersive touchpad environment. So instead of going on social media, if you do want to go on your phone, do something that's more de-stimulating. It's actually not going to stimulate you. And it's 
about letting your mind wander so you get your best ideas you process how you're feeling mm. you get back into that state of like you know amusement just, is yeah. what it's it's called yeah. so it's someone uh charles sanders purse is he was like a guy from ages ago that my partner has been studying as part of his research into community research and stuff like that and yeah he had this concept of amusement which is basically that exactly like letting the mind wander and the process of it's called abduction so as opposed to like trying to reduce things down to one point it's like expanding and expanding on it and like giving ourselves the space for that you're so right we like we don't Yeah. So that's your yes. like downtime. Do you schedule in specific days where you're like, this is downtime days. This is like days where I again go wander. Yeah, I think it's really hard. It's really hard to do because <laughs> I've also found say no, and then I have a backlog of people I've said no to, and then I feel really bad, and I kind of the people pleaser in me goes, okay, now I'll say yes, and then suddenly I have these weekends where I'm saying yes to everyone. I cut. I think the weekend ends and I'm overstimulated. I feel more tired and exhausted mm-hmm, than ever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why didn't I just? give myself one day of the week just to do nothing and yet we feel mm. so guilty about that because everyone expects you know why can't you why can't you see me why are you not available it's like well i'm just having a day for myself and that that shouldn't be selfish that should be actually the opposite that should be compassionate because if you're able to do that for yourself you'll be the best friend possible or the best partner or the best child yeah. or the mother or father because you've put that time in but we still see it as why do they not want to see me like why do they want to just yeah. be instead no let people be on their own let's normalize let's normalize just having a day yeah. to do nothing i think we are slowly getting there like at least in my group of friends i know that one of the things we we, we do together is go cycling we're all cyclists yeah. so we'll be like oh, i'm going out for a group ride and if someone messages and they're like look guys i just need time for me today i need it for my health i need it for my mental space we're like that's great you do you love you hope you feel better and yeah. we i like I, I just happen to have found these amazing people in my life who are encouraging of that but i think yeah we need to do more of recognizing that in this world yeah yeah 100%. you're like good job well done for taking self-care that's so nice yeah. supporting yeah. each other yeah, i love that and that is that is a mindset like adi i love that you've got that group and i think it is so important to have that and then Again, if you and if if you're listening to this and you don't have that group, try and be the one that creates that culture. So be the one yeah. that, that culture of like I'm taking a, a mental health day and that's cool, and yeah, accept it. Like you mm-hmm. know, create that culture yourself. I love that mm-hmm. I, that idea, especially you you do that with your walks too when you're walking with a friend. You're saying, "Can I have ten minutes to?" How do you ask for that? Because it. Shut the fuck up. It's like, you have such health. That's almost such a healthy boundary. I just just went into a bush. I'm like, come back. And then you run off. I need some bush time. Hide in a bush for 10 minutes. (laughs) The ultimate therapy. (laughs) Be a bush. Sorry, my friend. I need some bush time. That's so funny. Well, I love yeah. your, I love your secrets of life. You've been figuring it out. I love that it's all research and science based, and and you've made that inform your daily lifestyle decisions. Um, it's amazing how um, you've put all this together into the app, 
And so you've got all these things in there, like box breathing. You've got time to let your mind wander. Um, what are the other... You've got binaural beats, you know. You've got all these different areas of, um, of helpful modalities, if you will. Um, and I was just wondering... Um, <laughs> like, I'd love to know more about the principles um, that you ha- have behind it all. Like, how... Is there any more I've not talked about in that phrase? In in that question? Uh, what is that? Is there any thing what that is, I've missed? Like, what are, what are the other principles behind what you're doing? Like, you've got this touch, touch stuff that lets you connect to your senses. You've got things that help you connect to your ears. Is there other things that I've, uh, you want to talk about? With the yeah, principles so of have, how it works. Uh, basically, the whole app is broken into like, yeah, of course, it's broken <laughs> into um, zone in, zone out. So mm-hmm. you either zone in or you zone out. That's two options on the app. This is binary and simple. And then under that, you have different modalities. So again, the other thing I realized is everything is just very two dimensional. And I have this vision of making working really engaging and three-dimensional and fun so the long-term vision is to actually have a way you can say i'm going to zone in now and your workspace can sync to like a light that changes the color and (gasps) again using color theory and color psychology where you know the workspace turns into purple orange and then when you zone out it changes and again i've actually got like the blues and yeah released our own uh, like relax oil and then focus oil so you can put it on either wrist so you have a wrist for focus and a wrist for relax and like using wow. the app, you can also stimulate your your sense of smell, because again, like lavender oil and that's cardamom, sensory. Yeah, exactly. So it's super bringing you into your body. Yeah, bringing you into your body exactly. Um, and then also on top of that, like not diet and nutrition, and teaching people how to use their body as well. So posture is super important. If you're feeling stressed, even just someone sitting up straight aligns you and gets you feeling more confident in meetings or whatever you're doing. And that wow. that alone is just these simple things. Um, that and if you want to relax, sitting yeah. upside down, I find helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just horizontal positioning. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying yeah. that actually <laughs> making physio- physiological anchors that put you into that state that remind you of that mind state has really it's really helpful, yeah. and that zoning in. Yes. Is that like getting your brain mentally ready to perform? It's like getting into the right. Um, like mindset almost zone in i love that zone in exactly. and then you have yeah. and then you have mm-hmm. zone in zone out what's yeah. zone out is zone yeah, out that's exactly it so it's it's literally like, it's a sorry relax so i think basically I right zone in focus zone out relax oh mm. wow so that's like increase but, uh, and i love that that you're trying to you, you like rebrand the term zone out as like it's a good thing because yeah you know we get given that when we're basically when we're overstimulated our brains are like i can't focus and then you focus on a dot on the wall <laughs> remember ben you're like we're like staring at a wall sometimes because um, <laughs> your brain is like so overstimulated that it just like focuses on a random point and yeah. we get told like stop zoning out as if it's a bad thing and it's like it's our body actually physically telling us that we are yeah. in it too much right now and it's forcing you out of it exactly yeah 
and it's like oh. reclaiming it. So like, you know, yeah. we're in there where we're trying to like daydream because our poor mind is like, I cannot take any more information in. Please stop talking to me. And that zoning out, like, <laughs> do it. Go and zone out. Like, great. Go and zone out. Be with the yeah. fairies. That's a great thing. Be with the fairies. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> it's like recalibration. Your body is going into recalibrate mode. And it's healthy. And we do. We really stigmatize. Like, why are you zoning out? It's like, just let someone. They need to, clearly. At times, we all need to do that. Oh, I want an eye mask that says, sorry, I'm off with the fairies. <laughs> yeah, so you can just pull it down. Definitely on. <laughs> I've started to believe that, that state of, you could call it zoning out, but um, we always have this really tight, narrow focus that we're always using all the time. And I've started to believe, after reading this amazing book called The Open Focus Brain, I've started to believe that the actual default mind state that we're supposed to have is that you could call it zoned out but it's it's a kind of awareness of your body and letting your mind wander i think is the default state and i think that stress and depression comes from overuse of that narrow focus that uses a lot of brain juice if you get me and that's what leads to burnout and stuff mm. so actually I, I i'm so confident in that now that I, I really try and, by default, have some sort of my attention on my body all the time, all times, mm. and, and to, let myself mind wander more. And I love that how you connect it to walking around in nature and connecting to nature too. Even like I've started to like repot plants with my bare hands, and it's so tangible. <laughs> it's so tangible. I love it. Well. What else would you like yeah. to talk about? Is there something else pottery. you'd like to share, gang? Pottery, yeah, pottery. Jazzy, I would like to know what is, um, what is your personal like favorite grounding technique at the moment? Like, how do you get into your body right now? Hmm. It's a really good question. I think it's got to be breathing. It has to be breathing. Mm. It's the easiest and quickest way for me just to feel better as quickly as possible uh, mm -hmm. and it requires nothing um mm -hmm. so again it's just and you know as long as you're breathing out lo longer than you're breathing in you're going to be calming yourself down um yeah and again i always get if i can if i'm with any friends that are stressed i will literally guide them through a breathing practice and immediately they'll feel better even more so than just saying like tell me everything that's making you upset sometimes that can make someone feel even more triggered so just getting them just before they even speak to get more into their body to just to breathe and for all of us to do that when we know we're about to get you know we're feeling slightly more anxious or again going into that state of hyper arousal mm -hmm. um, which isn't as sexy as it sounds unfortunately i mean i wish it was <laughs> well, unfortunately it's not but um yeah and you get people to just breathe and center to their breath that is the most powerful thing what about you guys what are you using do you, what, what helps you guys? So with? my therapist, um, because I'm grieving at the moment, I'm going through grief counseling. That's something that you need to do quite often is ground yourself because you get very overwhelmed. Um, you hold your thumb, pull your thumb back, and then look at five things that you can see around the room and just count them. You can say them out loud. You can say them in your head. And you can do both thumbs if you need to. And you're also kind of slowly breathing. You're not as focused on box breath for that, but it, because you're pulling your thumb back in that time, it physically triggers you to be like, this is my body. These are things that are physically around me. And I found that to be like when I was 
being interrogated by immigration the other day. I was like about to cry. And I'm like, okay, what can I see? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. It really helps. <laughs> that and box breathing. Well, I call it the almond breath because I just picture it in my mind like um, you uh, <laughs> breathe in slowly. It's like the top of the almond and then you hold it and then you breathe out and it's the bottom of the almond and then you hold it. And then <laughs> that's just how I picture it in my mind. <laughs> almond breath. I love it. You've got to make it what works for you. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Um... <laughs> you do a different item of food every time. I love jazz that you are helping other, your friends work through their. You're helping them regulate their nervous system by what you you say you invite them to mm. um, guide their breathing. Breathe with you. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool because I know I, I sometimes think about regulating our nervous system as kind of a solo job, but it really is we all affect each other's nervous system and emotions are so contagious that if you can bring someone down to that calm state, that's really, that's really cool, actually. I love it. I thank yeah, so much for sharing so much this juicy information. Ability. Sorry. Of course. Of course. Always. And I think, I think the other thing, there were two other things I always wanted to mention. And like, again, I, I'm really visual. I love seeing pictures. And I think the key thing to remember is like, we're all like flowers. And if we're overwatering that flower on a daily basis, it's not actually doing any benefit. That flower is just going to start to wilt. And I think that is a key thing mm. in this day and age. We can't keep overwatering ourselves. Um, that's one thing I think it's just a nice visual just to remind yourself on a daily basis. And the other thing that's helped me so much in my journey of, again, being overwhelmed, having to battle, you know, my own mind on a daily basis is just saying to myself, just enjoy the journey. It mm. is the most powerful thing, just saying to yourself, enjoy the journey. There might be highs, there might be lows. And having that mindset of these lows will help me get back to those highs. I'll be a much stronger person after I've gone through this like difficult, heartbreaking, painful time, whatever that could be. But just enjoying that journey because like that is your life. And it's a case of like, you know, it's going to be up and down and all over the place, but it's trying to keep that that balance throughout. And I think that's really powerful, I think, for a lot of us, even wherever you're at. Just trying to remind yourself. Mm. I love that. Stage. I think that's a great place to um, end the podcast. Enjoy the journey. I'm reminding ourselves of that every day. Yeah. I, I'm going to write that on my mirror in, in whiteboard marker. I'm really trying because mm -hmm. there's a there's difference between just having some words, but then like living it. Because I think like sometimes I'm I get so frustrated that I think, oh, I'm fighting life. There's no need to fight life anymore. I've got to just enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Whatever mm -hmm. comes, emotions are going to come yeah. and go. Mm -hmm. I love you all, emotions. Bless you. Let's enjoy the journey. Wow. So. So I would definitely love to, I would love to, um, send people to your app, the Zensory, Z-E-N-S-O-R-Y. S-O-R-Y. And, uh, I really am so grateful that you've come to share your secrets. I've learned so much from this already. Um, Good. thanks so much. Is there anything you want to add? 
No, thank you guys so much for having me on. It's just amazing. It's amazing to meet both as well. And yeah, thank you. Keep you up the amazing work you guys are doing as well. Like sharing lessons and tools and your own anecdotes and stories. It's so helpful. And Thanks, Jazzy. We're all in this Thanks. together, aren't we? Like learning. <laughs> I love the idea of ADH tours because we're literally we're we're joining all together our knowledge and we're learning from each other and i think that's so such, such a powerful maxim so we're yeah. going to kick ass mm-hmm. so you two have an amazing day bow, bow, bow. and all all the listeners uh remember to enjoy the journey i love you so much rate this podcast well on whatever you're listening on and uh i'll talk to you guys soon all right have a good one bye 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 bye, bye, bye. Woo. Whoop, whoop.